Hey, hey, hey. Every playlist tells a story. We're back. I'm Todd. I'm Jimmy. And, uh... It's October, Todd. What's that? It's October. It's October? Yeah. Also known as? My birthday. Birthday. October 2nd is same day. I share the same birthday with, um... Gandhi, Sting, and Groucho Marx. Gandhi, Sting, Groucho Marx, and Jimmy. And, and Kelly Ripa, exact same day. Wow. Kelly Ripa. Yeah. Yeah, she looks a little better than I do at my age. Ah, disputable. Uh, yeah, yeah, undisputable. She, you know, works out a little more. Probably. But yeah. you, you got all that running. You're looking pretty good. Well, okay. Thanks. From what? Kind of weird from, coming from a grown man. From, but. from one guy to another. I'm not ashamed. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the big birthday bash, Jimmy's birthday episode here. So, uh, yeah, I got a big weekend uh, in store. How are we celebrating this this milestone? We're, ba- we're bringing back Rocktober. 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 We, nice. This is an annual cake party we used to have in my hometown, me and the buddy of mine from, you know, from, I think I met him when I was, he's probably nine, I was 10, and we've been friends ever since. Okay. He was, you know, he was in my. I was in his wedding, and he was in my wedding. You know, those longtime friends and cool. Rocktober had been put to bed for probably oh god, more than a. Uh, it was probably now. Oh, I bet it's been jeez, fifteen, sixteen years. Oh my god! Because my buddy is a little bit like Frank the Tank in the movie Old School. <laughs> I've heard stories. He uh, about this gentleman. Well, what? What sealed the deal? His wife saw him do a keg stand. You know, we're in our mid thirties, and he's doing keg stands. And but he's had a reputation. He when he gets drunk, he likes to do crazy stuff like you know doing flips off a off a front porch into the bushes. Gotcha. Uh, I got lots of stories on him. Oh, I'm sure you've got that tons of stories. But we think Frank the Tank is. It's been fifteen, sixteen years. She feels safe. It tastes so good when it hits your lips. Yeah. That's this, this is him. This is him. So she has allowed us to have this party. Oh, got all yeah. the permits and the waiver signed. Yeah, and well, and you know the times. The I don't know what you call the jail time. Right. Or suspension. Suspension. Yeah, for the is finally been lifted. Okay. So we're now going, is going to do it again. Is the plan? This is this a one off this year, or it, if uh, everything hey, if everything goes well, it's on probation. Okay. This is a probationary period. We're going to allow it once. We'll see how it goes from there. If he misbehaves, it'll probably be another Shuts 15 it, or 16 back down. years. Yeah. yeah but right. So we'll, we'll see how he does. Um, you know, we'll get started mid-afternoon. Now, this won't be today. It'll be tomorrow. Right. But we'll get started mid-afternoon. Hopefully, the weather is going to hold out. And, um, you know, I, I've already got my party shirt. It's a, um, it's like a, oh, what do you call those, uh, a Bermuda shirt. You're like, what's those? The Hawaiian deals? Kind of. The, it's a Hawaiian deal, but instead of like being Hawaiian, you know, patterns, it's just uh, jack-o'-lanterns. There's like... Like, like Tommy big, Bahama? Like Kind of like one of those shirts. Okay. Button little button-up deals. deals. Yeah. Comfy looking? Comfy looking, right. but it's all it's got jack-o'-lanterns all over it. All right. Yeah. It's perfect Rocktober shirt. There you go. Yeah. I'll have to send you a picture of it. Yeah, right? definitely. Yeah. I, I saw it. I said... That's my party shirt. For so this is like a backyard Rocktober backyard. Party. You know, have a probably have you know we're gonna have a pig. You know, you know barbecue it up. Yeah. You know, do the um, 
toss the bags there. Yeah. The cornhole. Yeah. There's going to be a live, not a full band, but, okay. you know, like guitar player, amplifier, uh, bass, drums. I guess it'd be a full band. That's cool. So, yeah, we're doing it up. We're mm-hmm. doing it up. I just, my job is to keep him upright. Yeah. But at least till, you know, the, the band starts at six o'clock. So, yeah, I got to keep him going to at least eight. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, we're getting started early, so it ends early. And right, yeah. It's every, time to, yep. you know, clean up. And, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I hope you have a great time. Oh, hey, come on up if you're if you uh, Yeah, I may. You never know. Hey, more, I'll send you the Facebook invite. Okay. Yeah, I haven't even started on that yet. Yeah, put me on the list. Yeah. All right. So, uh, anything else exciting going on? Is just well, I'm dealing with this new cat. And I told my wife we got this two cat limit. Okay. Uh, now, poor Wendell, who was oh man, he was at least 15 years old. He passed away earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Um, was it late last year? She's gonna kill me for not remembering. But um, but we were at the um, there's a downtown here. There's a kitty cafe. Yep. Where it's really a cool place. It's a good go place. in and get your coffee and go in that little room with all the cats and yep. Yeah, it's really cool. We adopted one of those cats. It's, awesome. It's a gray cat. Um, you know, he's he was probably three months old, I okay. think. So, you know, you know, not exactly a kitten, but, you know, getting a little bigger. Um, couldn't decide on the name. I automatically went to Saxon because he lo- it turns out he's a little bit of a terrorist, very active, like normal young cats are. They rambunctious. Want, rambunctious, ready yes. to strike at any Look, moment just, just looking look, for reasons looking for a reason baby. yeah it's constantly looking at you wide-eyed say throw something at me right do I it dare you. do it do it do it i want to attack it <laughs> yeah it yeah it climbed halfway up the walls with the laser pointer the first time it, oh yeah ever seen the laser pointer yeah and just like you know there's a, there's a cabinet the tv sits on plenty of space on both sides of the tv i ran that laser pointer up the cabinet up the wall it chased it, got on top of the cabinet, Didn't jumped up on the wall, beat. went right between the cabinet and the wall, oh my God. went right down the sinkhole uh, behind there, behind that cabinet. So he was all over it. And I was like, man, this guy is like a barbarian, man. Yeah. I automatically went to the name Saxon. I just started calling him Saxon. Right. Just like, you know, the power and the glory. Yeah. You know, British new heavy metal wave of the 80s band Saxon. But, you know, little Nola can't say Saxon. He can say so she, but she can say Louis. That's what my, my wife is leaning toward, Louis. So she said, "Well, we name him Louis Saxon, Renera." Louis I mean, Saxon. And I was like, eh, you know, nobody's going to ever reference a cat's middle name. I I will dispute that. Why? We have a cat that, as with many of our animals over the years that we've taken in. You know, we don't actively go out and search for things. They happen to find us. Out here in the country, as that's kind of natural. Sad though, as it is, people dump stuff. You know, we've we've had a couple of dogs, several cats over the years of just you know, hey, there's a cat in the road and it looks scared. Bring it home and take care of it. Or there's a dog looks like it needs something to eat or drink, so you take care of it and it ends up sticking around. Is that how you found Voodoo? That yeah, Voodoo was. We had moved into this house. We built it in 2001, moved in in November, and the week between uh, Christmas and New Year, 
got up on a Saturday morning and there was there was snow on the ground. There was all kinds of footprints everywhere. And went outside and it was a there was a dog just kind of running. I mean, and you could tell by the the footprints had been circling the house, circling the house, circling the house. Okay. So went outside to check on it, and you know, if you go down her backyard, there's like a little stripper pit lake, and then across the lake, there's you know, some land, and then a road back there. So as we were going outside to kind of figure out, you know, what's is the dog okay? What can we do to help? Well, does that have tags, whatever, you know, all the normal stuff. As they, as we get outside, and again, it's snow on the ground between Christmas and New Year, so it's it's chilly. The dog jumps in the lake and starts swimming to the other side. Oh, I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. So, and then my father-in-law happened to be, they were over here that coming over that morning, so they got here while all this, all this was going on. So me and my father-in-law jumped in the truck and kind of drove down the road to go around the, the lake to get to the other side where this dog was swimming to. <clears throat> and as we pulled up and got out of the truck and started coming down the hill, the dog jumped back in the lake and started swimming back over to our backyard. And there was a puppy that jumped in and followed. Oh, no. And, I mean, it's it, it's not frozen over, but it's cold. And, it's, and I just looked at my father-in-law and I was like, man... I hope that puppy makes it because I have no choice but to go in after it if it goes down. I mean, I can't. Yeah, it's rough to watch. It's tough. Had to be. So, you know, we're walking down to the shoreline as they're working their way across back to our backyard. You know, happy ending. They both make it. They come out of the water. They go running up towards the house. So we jump in the truck, come back over to the house. And uh, the dog's in, you know, there's a mom and her pup, basically, and Kind of put them in the garage. We, Like I said, we just moved in, so we had, you know, there was a couch in the garage that we were trying to figure out if we were going to keep, get rid of what we were going to do, put some blankets out there and whatnot, and, uh, you know, put some blankets out there for warmth. And I'd come out in the morning, and the, the puppy would be on the couch in the blankets, you know, sleeping. That was That was his spot. And the mom would be laying on top of the cab of my truck. Yeah, climb up on the hood, climb up, get on top of the cab of my truck, and lay up there. Interesting. In the garage. And, you know, this was, like I said, you know, Saturday Saturday we found them, brought them in. A couple days went by, I think Monday and Tuesday, <clears throat> going to work, would, you know, put them outside. Sun was out, you know, it wasn't like freezing wind or anything like that. It was starting to warm up. So put them outside while we were going to work, come home, feed them, let them back in the garage. Weren't really ready to let them in the house. And, uh, and after two or three days, the mom just vanished. And the really? pup was still here. Yeah, we'd take him out in the morning, go to work, come home from work. They'd both be there, come in the garage, came home after two or three days. And the puppy was still here in kind of the spot that it would hang out during the day in the sunshine and all that. But the mom was gone. Okay. And and she was a beautiful black dog. And, and I just, for whatever reason. Labradors, right? Uh, Labrador mixes with a bunch of other stuff. I think there was a little, uh, oh, what are the dogs that get the bad reputation? Um, Pitbull? Pitbull. Yeah, I think there was a little Pitbull in there. But, uh, and I just, you know, for lack of a better term, I just started calling her Black Magic just because, you know, the fact that she went over there, got her pup, brought it back, it was that deal. And then started calling the little dog a little Black Magic. All right. And that just kind of evolved into voodoo. So makes sense. Named him voodoo, and uh, man, to this, I miss that dog. That dog, 
He was the best dog. It was one of the. He was one of those dogs that always wanted to be outside. You know, it's cold on the coldest of cold days, on the hottest of hot days. Would always try to get him to come in. You know, come in out of the elements, come in and cool off or warm up or whatever it is. And he would come inside and he would walk around for five seven minutes and be right back at the door and like, nope, I am an outside dog. I do not belong inside. Gotcha. Wanted to be outside. Born outside and raised outside. Yeah, yeah. And he was just he was it. Yeah. So he he lived a, a long and, and wonderful life with us, and I still to this day I miss that dog. It's, yeah, it's been several years, but he's, he's big part of the family. There. He was a he was a great great dog. But yeah. uh, but speaking of the two names, kind of circling back to that, the middle name thing. So probably two thousand six, maybe seven. I may have even been closer to 2010 11 12 but again is outside doing work in the yard or whatever and then across the lake in the field you know hearing some high pitched something or another whatever it is and end up going over there and you know litter of kittens and like oh geez here we go four or five of them i think so scooped them up brought them home put them in the garage you know kind of made them a bed gave them space litter box food fed them all that stuff and at the time, we had one other cat, or we had two, we had a couple other cats, but it was, you know, the boys were young, wanted to keep them, and so we said, you know, you can, we'll keep one of them, and so we picked out the cat we were going to keep, came down to name, what do you boys want to name them? Well, they were watching this Teen Titans show all the time, and that's the one with, like, Robin, Robin. and Cyborg, like a young Robin, and Cyborg, and Animal, yeah. and yeah, they've, they've since done, like, a newer version of it that's a little more Powerpuff Girls type. It I don't enjoy it as much, but this this Teen Titans that was on years ago was pretty cool. It looked cool, yeah. kind of dark, and you know everything you wanted a a cool comic book cartoon thing to be. But but they had a a movie called uh, Trouble in Tokyo, and uh, yep. so when it came time to name the cat, one of the boys or both of them, I can't remember if it was one or both of them, but they wanted to name it Trouble in Tokyo, and I was like, you know what, if we're gonna do something off Teen Titans, we're gonna call it Robin. And so there was back and forth, back and forth. So we ended up naming the cat Robin Tokyo. Robin Tokyo. Robin Tokyo. And a compromise. Rob, Robin Tokyo is still with us to this day. And I've I, never seen Robin Tokyo. She since since we've gotten uh, Ellie, yeah, in the house running around going crazy. The golden retriever. She's a uh, Robin Tokyo resides in the bedroom. She's got free reign of the house. She can go anywhere she wants, but she's most comfortable in the bedroom, and that's kind of her space and. Does Ellie like that? Ellie wants to play with her. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Robin does not want to play with Ellie. Gotcha. But as time has progressed, they've there's a there's a an understanding, I believe, because they will both you know <laughs> during the day they'll both lay in the bed and you know no problems so there. They understand each other's boundaries. It, yeah, <laughs> Ellie sometimes forgets and gets that little jumping at her. Let's play and yeah. Robin doesn't like that shit. So all right. But yeah, getting back to names, I mean, you may end up using both names. Like I said, that's half time I call her Robin, half time I call her Robin Tokyo. Sometimes I just call her Tokyo. Is that like when bad behavior is no, happening? No, it's all affection. She's a great cat. She didn't really get in trouble, didn't tear anything up. She's she's older. She's uh, she's a big cat. She's she's big. Okay, she's so, got all that out of her. Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. She's she's. Much older, but okay. Well, so yeah, you may end up using the Saxon. I yeah. think Saxon's going to be when 
bad behaviors out. Okay. okay. Louie will be on good behavior. I, I, and I'll tell you, for me, the key was you just got to, you know, for me, it was just always referring to her as Robin Tokyo. Okay. So, and then it just kind of, it, 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 it'll feel weird at first. You know, Louis Saxon. Yeah. Sounds awkward. Three months from now, it'll Make seem sense. natural. Yeah. yeah, like the New Orleans Pelicans NBA <laughs> team. Gotcha. Why does that Pelican look so angry? <clears throat> I remember the first time I saw that logo, I was like, God, that dude's pissed. Yeah. I mean, normally Pelicans are pretty laid back, but that one's he's, like, he's, God, this team sucks. Yeah. You know, yeah, he's got that look on him. He's just, yeah, he's got, it's that whole, come on. Oh, after Zion Williams. Give me a reason. You got Zion, what? Well, after that, you got Zion. <laughs> All right, so you got a new cat. New Louis, cat. Louis Saxon. Yeah, new, yeah. Um, he's a cool kitty. Cool yeah. kitty. This got a lot of energy. Yeah. Lot. Not used to that. After having a cat that's 15, 16 years old. Right. To go from that to this. Adjusting. To this, you know, Rambo yeah. warrior type, and you know, and like again with with Ellie, I mean, she's still full of puppy power and all, you know, wants, oh, yeah. wants to do all the running and playing and all that stuff, and oh, yeah. it's aggravating sometimes. But I have to stop and remind myself, you know, years from now, I mean, she ain't gonna do all that. So I mean, you gotta enjoy it because once it's gone, you miss it. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you gotta embrace it. All right. Well. Let's get into the songs. Let's get this thing going, man. I'm gonna go first. Okay, do it. My song, my song this week is kind of a. I'm gonna call it a present to you. A present. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a gentleman named Ray Wiley Hubbard? Not until you mentioned him just now. Really. I have stumbled across this gentleman. I don't know, a couple of years back, and I have. I have since fallen in love with this guy. He is a he is a mix of country, folk, blues, little rock and roll in there. Uh, described as a greasy plate full of growling country fried rhythm and blues, heavy on themes of sin in the South. His guitar technique uses a strumming by the left hand that is very old, but not frequently seen in double time without changing right hand beat. There are some- how'd you discover him? Well, I discovered him there. I was on a tour, and, you know, you know, the main act's getting ready to come on, and there's usually music playing during set change or whatnot. Mm-hmm. You know, right before the artist comes on, you know, there's there's whatever song comes on. So, you know, sometimes it's back in black. There's going to be some rocking. There's some song that kind of sets the tone, whatever. Gotcha. And that's the cue for the band that, hey, when this song ends, you're starting. And... The the tour I was on, they were playing a, a song from him called Snake Farm. Every, and so I was hearing this song every night, every night, every night for, you know, 27, 30 dates. And about halfway in the middle of it, I just went to the, the sound engineer who kind of was in charge of putting all that together. I was like, man, what is that song you're playing? Because it there's something about it. Ray Wiley Hubbard, he's fantastic. So, okay, so that's what turned so me on. That's how I got... That's how I stumbled across this guy, just hearing that song and like, man, this is... And what's cool about it is there are songs that I like because they just rock. Yeah. The, the music's good or whatever it is. I may not understand what's being said, but this song, I like this song because it's just the way it sounds. There are songs that I like because they tell a great story. There are a few songs, I won't say there aren't any, but there are a few songs that 
do really good at both. For me, this is a great story song, but I really dig the music because it's just cool, cool background, whatever. And, and I'll tell you, when I listen to Ray Wiley Hubbard songs, it hits me like I'm sitting on the front porch with my grandpa, with that uncle we all got, with <laughs> some relative who's telling you the stories of the trouble they got into when they were a kid or, you know, and it's, and it's the old timey, I'm going to tell this story, but there's lessons throughout it and you got to read between the lines and, and what, and just everything. That's what I get. That's the sense I get when I listen to Ray Wiley Hubbard is all these songs are just stories that you could sit on the front porch drinking tea or a beer or shots of whiskey or whatever. Right. And just sit back and listen to an old timer kind of tell you, his life story. That's the journey. Yeah, yeah, I could get that. I could see that. Yeah. So, so the song I, I picked from Way Wiley, and he's got a ton of them. And I actually spent the good part of a summer a couple of years ago, just going through Spotify and just pulling up every record and going through every song one by one and just listening to it, and then going, you know, okay, is this one that I will want to hear again and again, or is this just good to kind of just come on every now and again? And kind of cultivated a list of, of several. So, a uh, little background on him. 1976, Ray Wiley Hubbard uh, is in a band called Ray Wiley Hubbard and the Cowboy Twinkies. I, Cowboy Twinkies. Cowboy Twinkies. I don't know much about it, but I really enjoyed the name Cowboy Twinkies. Okay. So, I mentioned it. Uh, the producer decided to Nashvilleize, if you will, the songs and added overdub mixes and, a f- and female backup singers to the record that Ray did not approve, called it a botched sound, but that's how the album was released. Hmm. So this is back in 76, some time goes by, he gets kind of, I think he puts a few more things out, kind of a resurgent, that Snake Farm I was talking about, I think came out in 2012. Oh wow, he's an old, old yeah. character. Yeah, and it may even be 14 or 16. This this song Mother's Blues, or Mother Blues from the Grifters Hymnal came out in 2012. So I think yeah. that, I think that uh, Snake Farm came out probably a little later than that. I had 2012 on this on the mind for this one. Uh, 2017, uh, the album he put out, he described as rock and roll, but his style has been associated with outlaw country, which we've talked about before. Well, He's kind of got that outlaw country Definitely. feel to him. I mean, there's there's tinges of all kinds of stuff in it. And, and again, like what I dig about it is the music is just kind of that background layer, and then the focus is on just what he's talking about. So, yeah. Um, like I said, listening to the song kind of just makes you feel like you're sitting there talking to somebody, getting some sort of lesson and whatever gibberish they're telling you. Uh, and some some of, the, of my favorite points about him is it's it's almost like he's borderline bitching about what he's talking about. It's that he's not really grumpy about it, but there's that kind of gruffness to his voice where there's a little bit of agitation in there. Well, yeah, there's a it's. I, mean, I just heard it tonight, and there's a life. He's telling a life lesson. Oh yeah, like he's telling all this, the whole story, to to per, to make a point. Yeah, um, and I, he goes into great detail. He's a he's a fantastic storyteller. You know, I when I was listening to this, I had my eyes shut and I was listening to the song and te- him telling the story, and when he, the 21 year old version of him when he, when he. It automatically took me back to 
now there's a route in New Orleans um, that when I drive, I always take it. You know, you go through Nashville, you cut down the I-65, you go to Huntsville, to Birmingham, to Tuscaloosa, mm-hmm. then you cut over to Meridian and on to New Orleans. Now, <clears throat> I went down with a buddy of mine one year, years ago, and I discovered <laughs> I discovered on exit six. Um, uh, on the Tennessee side, right before you get into Alabama. I know this exit. You know this exit. I know this exit. You know the place I'm talking about. It's not there anymore. It's not there anymore. Right. It, I don't know if it's still... It doesn't go by the same name I had. I remember. Is it Bungalow? Big Jim's Booby Bungalow. Booby Bungalow. Booby Bungalow. <laughs> this, I've pictured him in the Booby Bungalow yeah. playing yeah. Uh, with his, uh, his gold-colored uh, Les Paul. Yeah. It took me right back to that strip club. Exit six. Gah, one of the first times we went to Gulf Shores, and we go to Gulf Shores every year. Right. One of the first times we went to Gulf Shores when the boys were young. One of the first times we took them when they were young. Okay. We were driving, and it was one of those deals where you got to stop and get gas at some point. And once you get into Alabama, Bama, mm-hmm. there's a pretty good stretch before you get to some decent exits with gas stations and stuff. Well, Huntsville's about the first yeah. thing. Yeah, and it's a, it's, a little, it's a little jump to that. So, you know, as we're coming up exit six, I'm like, okay, gas station sign, I'm going to pull in, fill up, whatever. Wow. And I've got the boys with me, and they're probably, I'm going to say four or five years old, young. All right. So take the off-ramp, take the left, go over there, and, you know, the gas station's right there on the corner. But the first thing that catches my eye is the giant chicken. <laughs> That's probably, what, 25 foot tall? Oh, absolutely. And I'm like, hell yes. We have to get a picture of the boys in front of the chicken. You're right. And so that's all I'm focused on is gas station, giant chicken. This is cool as shit. So we pull in, get gas, whatever. So as I'm pumping, I'm looking around. Sure as shit, right there. Huh. Booby bungalow. (laughs) Booby bungalow. This is an interesting, you know, and I was just, at that point, I was just grateful. What's the chances? I was just grateful that we took this exit during the day. Yeah. Because I could imagine rolling up to that thing at 10, 11 at night. Oh, yeah. When, well, it's, truck, when it's happening and in. neon everywhere. Yeah. And I can't remember. I know we took a picture of the boys next to the chicken, but I, I know I had the thought, but I don't know that we ever did it. But I wanted to take a picture of the boys positioned to where you could see the booby bungalow in the background. Without them knowing. Well, I, I just would stand. I don't. I didn't care if they knew or not. It was just. I just wanted. To, I just thought it would be funny to have a picture of them with that thing in the background it's, of it. Uh, yeah, you can't miss it. And it's. And I. And I don't think I ever did because I figured you know that's probably not appropriate. But it just. Yeah, man. When you said exit six, because I mean, when we go to Gulf Shores every year, we go by there. When I go yeah. down south to do shows, if I'm going that. If I'm going that route, man, I always just chuckle when I go you by. You can't exit see six. it. You can't. No, know it. No. And I always make sure. Before I get that far, that I stop and get gas if I need it. You're right. Because I because I don't want to stop there. You're right. You know, it's just like you know, once is enough. Oh, I, I told my we went to we met my brother down in Pensacola one year, and I was telling my I, I told my wife, listen, we're gonna have to stop at the boot. <laughs> we may not stop while we were driving down was kind of overnight. Right. So we didn't you know I didn't say anything then, but we drove back in the daytime. Yeah. I was like. We're going to stop at exit six. I want to get my picture and send it back because I was telling telling them about the boo, boo yeah. bungalow while we're down there in Pensacola, and um, I say 
and she was on board with it. She's yeah, totally sure. cool with it. So, yeah, I had stopped down, got my picture, and sent that text out yeah. to Charlie and Lisa. And yeah, it's 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 part of the part of the journey down. Oh, it, it's it's almost because you know the, the thing with me is when we go down that way, when you cross over in Alabama, it's like where's the rocket? Yeah, yeah, big rocket at the the, the, at the welcome uh, station. rest area. There, yeah, welcome yeah. center. And so you know, I've got years and years of just pictures of stop take the same picture over and over right you know that's just part of the deal so yeah that's funny exit six but that's all but that is right back but yeah that that feel of kind of the bar he's talking about in this song the way he paints the picture and describes everything is yeah it would it would easily be the booby bungalow or it would be the bar there's not much to it inside other than there's a wrestling ring i've never been inside it Reminds me of like you know those moose lodges. Yeah. Like the little uh-huh. private clubs. Yep. Like just nothing, no thrills, no nothing to it except there's a wrestling ring in the middle. Okay. Of it. I, I didn't catch there wasn't any wrestling going on. Right. The night I was there, but it wasn't. It was just a dive, really. Yeah. You know, not no thrills. Well, it's out in the middle of nowhere too. I mean, it's out in the middle of nowhere. There's yeah. nothing. Nothing. Nothing mm-hmm. around. And it's, and the thing about it is is. One of the thoughts I've had over the years is, you know, obviously establishments like that, you know, Fridays and Saturdays probably have what you would call their feature entertainment, you know, the cream of the crop, if you will, to kind of draw people in. But the thought I've had on a couple of occasions as I've driven by it is, man, I wonder what the Tuesday night talent looks like being out here in the middle of nowhere. (sighs) Locals only. Yeah. 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 Pretty much. Just 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 curious on what that what that looks like. Knowing the tips aren't that great. Yeah. So I and again, I, <laughs> I have no intent of even trying to find out. But uh but yeah, the way he describes everything about the place is perfect. He really paints that picture of what the bar is down to the, the door girl being sixteen and Oh, all the details. Yeah. yeah. Good not not a place for law abiding citizens. I mean, it's just <laughs> right. we've we've all been to that bar. Uh, absolutely. In one one way or another. Even though you've tried to avoid it, you've always ended up there at least once. Now, when he gets to the part where he's <laughs> he's talking to the the young lady, and she's asking him if he knows the Poke Salad Annie song. That, that to me, that is every probably 20, 20, you know, why'd you get into music? Well, chicks and fame. Yeah. You know, that's that part of the song is perfect because it's like, you know, I just ignored her, just ignored her until she starts talking about how it makes her feel, and boom, goes right into it. Yeah. 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 She, yeah. She said exactly what he needed to hear. Yeah. So Poke Salad Annie got me thinking. I was like, you know what? I have no idea what that song is. So dove into that a little bit. Turns out, 1968, gentleman by the name of Tony Joe White. He was known as the Swap Rock singer. Looked at him up, listened to it. Pretty cool song. Made then the actually this song was actually made more famous by Elvis on their several records. So I've listened to the live version of Elvis and the Elvis live version. There's like a little intro speech at the beginning. I mean, it's the the Elvis version I listened to is word pretty much word for word to the original. No changes. It was just the way it was meant to be done. Straight cover. Yeah, straight cover. Straight so, reissue. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool song there. And just you know, Polk Salad, P O L K Salad, Annie, kind of got me interested. So I looked that up. Polk Salad refers to cooked pokeweed 
which is basically cooked greens. Uh, in the song, Annie knows how to cook the plant, which can be fatal if not properly prepared. So it's basically, essentially, it's there's a, a plant that, I guess, southern folks, if they were poor, this is one of the things they used as food, and they, but you had to cook it a certain way because if you didn't, it could be fatal, poisonous. What? It's a poke? It's a poke weed. Poke weed? Poke weed, yep. Okay. And, and Annie knew how to cook it right and made it good. So that's, I, that's the story of poke salad Annie. I thought poke salad was something completely different. Yeah, no, it's, again, I had no idea what it was, so I just kind of went down that hole a little bit. Gotcha. And then going back to the Mother Blue song, this song probably has one of my favorite all-time quotes in it, to the point where <laughs> I've, I have found notebooks that I've, whatever, taken notes and whatever, and I've had this quote written down. And the quote is, towards the end of the song, he says, the days that I keep my gratitude higher than my expectations, well, I have really good days. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? That's that's a good way. Yeah, it's pretty if, deep for this if, one. If you if you keep your gratitude higher than what your expectations are, if you're more thankful than what you're wanting to get, that's a good way to live. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, great attitude. So. And then you know, speaking of Ray Wiley, it's it's so it's so hard because he's got so many songs that I just dearly love that kind of all fall into the same wheelhouse, if you will. Uh, there's a song called "Conversations with the Devil," which again I played for you. Yeah. And my favorite part of that is when he's talking to the devil, and uh, the devil asks him about the the whiskey and the co- you know he's you know why am I in hell? The devil says something about well the whiskey and the cocaine, and his response is well. Yeah, <laughs> but that's no reason to throw me in hell because I didn't use the cocaine to get high. I just like the way it smelled. <laughs> Jesus, and the way he delivers that with that, that just well, yeah. I mean, you could that, that just yeah. that thinking about it pause is is perfect. Um, again, Snake Farm is the song that turned me on to him, and it's been a love affair ever since. He's just this. I, I don't want to say. I don't want to be disrespectful or whatever and say the songs are basic they've all just kind of got that groove there's not a lot of changes it's just a foundation of groove but it's that old just kind of outlaw country simple well there's some stuff to it there's some changes in it but it's that song with the devil that that riff is barnyard stomp yeah there's definitely a tone to it yeah i mean it's got that kind of country blues thing i mean it's not not that simple no, yeah, you gotta yeah. be a little talented to you yeah. know sing and it's play a co- that. It's a cool strum. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's that's my song of the week, and I, and again, I say this is kind of my birthday present to you because I really sincerely hope that you go down the rabbit hole on Ray Wiley Hubbard and. Well, yeah, enjoy well, him as much as I love the guy. Anything that brings up memories of Big Jim's booby bungalow. <laughs> It's good with me. So, yeah, that's a great gift. Very good. Very Thank good. you. All right. So on to my song. Um, well, we're getting, we're into October now. We're getting closer to the Halloween, Todd. Uh, and I'd like to have more of a Halloween-themed, you know, playlist going. Um, but I do my best to avoid the kind of obvious and overplayed songs, songs like, you know, Michael Jackson's Thriller, right. or Bobby Pickett's The Monster Mash, or Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters. What about I Put a Spell on You? I Put a Spell on You by... Um, Screaming Jay Hawkins. Screaming Jay Hawkins. We talked about him one time. And there's, isn't there a version of Buster Poindexter? Didn't you do a version of that? 
from New York. Uh, Creedence Clearwater did. Creedence did. I'm thinking there's a Buster Poindexter version of it as well. It's almost as animated as uh, Screaming Jay Hawkins. This Creedence Clearwater, is it? Was that the B-side, the hot, hot, hot? hot? Might have been. <laughs> Might have been. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but the, well, the, well, there is one song it's hard for me to avoid. Um is Blue Oyster Cult's most successful singer, single, Don't Fear the Reaper. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's a great song, but it's so overplayed. Um, but just hear me out. One of the unique things about that I like about Don't Fear the Reaper is that it speaks to people in different ways. Now, the most, now most of Joe Dirt's in the world, which I have great empathy for, by the way, see, see the song as nothing more than another classic rock cowboy, cowbell song like you know, Hair of the Dog by Nazareth. God, that's a, have you ever listened to that Nazareth Hair of the Dog record? Oh, that's Just my favorite out, album. Outside of that Hair of the Dog song? Miss Misery. Whiskey Drinking Woman. That yeah. is a great record. Oh, yeah. That is a fantastic, beyond that Hair of the Dog, that is a fantastic record. Another great Scott singer like Brian Johnson. I mean, yeah. he's just got that power of voice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, great album. God, I love that record. Yeah, okay, Please sorry. Don't Judas Me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah that's good stuff. And then, you know, like Mississippi Queen by Mountain, another yeah. cowbell song. And then, and even from our day, like, you know, I mentioned Motley Crue last week, you know, yeah. Public Enemy number one's got mm-hmm. the cowbell. And I don't know if you remember Sick for the Cure by Cinderella off the of Heartbreak Station. You know, another, yeah, hair no. band. Yeah. I like, mean, that was like their third album, I think. Heartbreak Station, I think, was third album. Yeah, I think when I think Cinderella, I think. Uh, the first two albums. Well,. The songs that come to mind are "Somebody Save Me," yeah, right. and uh, that's off the first album. "Shelter right? Me," which is off "Heartbreak Station." Yeah, it's yeah. off that that same. Yeah, yeah, I like that "Shelter Me" song quite a bit. Yeah, but the one thing that makes Reaper different from the rest is its attitude on dying. I think it makes it very Halloweeny. I mean, I I think that's why it, there's so many different cover versions and mashups of the Reaper as opposed to like mashups and cover versions of Hair of the Dog. All right, um, because the concept. You know, speaks like for example, Gus Black plays a great acoustic version of the song in the on the original 1996 Scream movie, and that one line in in the song kind of plays spoiler to the film. You know, where he says, "We'll be able to fly. Don't fear the Reaper, baby. I'm your man." <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Did you ever see Scream the movie? How how did that's the one with Drew Barrymore? What are the lyrics again? What's that? What are the lyrics again? Uh. Don't fear, uh, we'll be able to fly. Don't fear the reaper, baby, I'm your man. It sounds familiar, but it doesn't sound right. Can you sing it? You're just trying to set me <laughs> up. <clears throat> um, yeah, I've seen Scream. Well, okay, well then, you know, I'm not spoiling the movie. They're supposed to be making a new one, too. Really? Yeah. Well, they they would play this song, like, during intimate moments with her boyfriend. Yeah. Who ended up being the killer. Right. So it's almost like the song was writing, predicted the script. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was interesting. Um, but there's other uh, covers like uh, the Swedish doom metal Candlemass. Never heard of them. Never heard of them. Well, they, no, I've heard of them. Yeah, I don't they, know. <clears throat> you know, they. Uh, I, there was one comment about their version of it um, that uh, I thought was pretty funny. Uh, he said, uh, th- "This will be playing in a, in a trillion quadrillion years." When the last particle of the last supermassive black hole evaporates into the pale spark of the last photon, death herself will reap God and be left in complete darkness, cold and alone. 
Interesting. Kind of makes me want to cry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you listen, they're a doom metal band. Oh, sure, yeah. Playing Don't Fear the Reaper. Right. Emphasis on the lyrics. Now, the Finnish goth goth rock band, H.I.M., recorded the version. They play more toward the... It was on their 97 debut album. They play more toward the Romeo Juliet aspect of the song, which is interesting. And being a goth band, obviously, no cowbell was included. Um, and even the Goo Goo Dolls uh, recorded a kind of a speedish metal punk version on their debut album, which has uh, Bobby Takak on vocals. I mean, it's not the greatest version but out there, but definitely uh, gives you a feel for what the band like what band was like. Dude, when, yeah, before <clears throat> before they wouldn't tell them your name. Yeah. Goo Goo Dolls rocked. They were they had yeah. some great early stuff. Yeah, they were you know they were very punk. Oh my god, yeah, there's <coughs> there's some great Goo Goo Doll stuff. You'll never hear any of the uh, early stuff on the you know, contemporary adult no. stations now. I was even at the drive-in a few weeks ago uh, and heard another version of the song during the credit roll for the movie In the Hinge starring Russell Crowe. Uh-huh. Good movie. You know, it was shot down in New Orleans. It was... Um, he, he became unhinged, but... <laughs> <coughs> Lived know, up to the title. It was uh, by the band Keep Shelley in Athens. A lot of use of echo effect on the on their version, but it was, there was good... Good vocals, you know. The girl's a good singer. Good take on the song. It's it's yeah. It's you got to do to me. You got to do that song right. There's a definite sound. There's a definite vibe to it. There's it's um it's been covered in a lot of different yeah. genres. Of yeah, it. and it's all because of the lyrics. I think. Yeah, and I think you know I've not heard it obviously, and I have to go listen to it. But just the heavy version of it you talked about earlier. I get it, but it just, I don't know for me, I don't know if it works. It just, it needs that hauntingness to it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's about death, you yeah. know, the great unknown. And, yeah. uh, there's, you know, everybody's got their own take on it. That's why it's been, I think, it's why it, it's such a covered song and can be done so many different ways. But the version I picked um, that I have on my playlist is a mashup I found up on, I found on the Mashup Town website. Man. I was really into mashups. Yeah. Um, this one, you know, it's called See the Reaper. It's done by DJ Mike A. Um, now, I know we talked about mashups a few weeks ago, but basically, you know, just to, you know, rehash it, I guess uh, a mashup idea is synchronizing recorded music tracks with vocal tracks from two or more different songs. And they're great if you've never, you know, heard a mashup. I mean, it gives you a chance to hear Freddie Mercury sing We Will Rock You on top of ACDC's Back in Black. Or hear the Rolling Stones sing "Sympathy for the Devil" on top of Guns N' Roses' "Paradise City," or even hear Will Smith sing the th- uh, theme song to the Fresh Prince of Bel Air on top of Leonard Skinner's "Sweet Home, Al- Sweet Home Alabama." Nice. Um, this mashup um, has Eric Bloom, lead singer of Louis Colt and the Boys, singing on top of Depeche Mode's 1982 UK hit "See You." Okay. Uh, a little background on Depeche Mode. Uh, the single CU is from Depeche Mode's second album, Broken Flame, went number six on the UK singles charts the week of March 7th, 1982, nestled right between My Angels of Centerfold by Jay Giles, which was at number five, and Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden at number seven. Nice. Talk about musical diversity. Good company. Yeah. <clears throat> the song, uh, the number one song that week in the UK was, was the band. I thought it was interesting. It was a band tight fit 
Tight Fit's take on the 1939 Zulu translated to English hit The Lion Sleeps the Night. A Ween Away. A Ween Away. Yeah. Yeah, number one that week. All right. As far as the guy responsible for bringing the the mashup together, DJ Mike A, born Mike Allegre. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, I can't really tell you a whole lot. He's out of uh, Quezon City in the Philippines, biggest city in the Philippines, Quezon City. Uh, he was active as DJ Mike A from 2009 to 2016. He got, uh, he's got well over 100 mashups on his blog, Blogspot site. The last mashup I could find on him was posted January 29, 2016. It was a mashup of Bush's Machine Head, uh, the song Machine Head, and Lana Del Rey's Summertime Sadness. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I don't know what's going on with DJ Mike A. Maybe we could hashtag him. You know. Oh, we'll hashtag him. We'll hashtag him. We'll and, hashtag and bring him sh- out of retirement. We'll hashtag the shit out of him. Yeah, because he is uh, he, he's a pretty creative guy. Um, no, yeah, are those mashups, man? That number one, it takes some imagination to marry two songs together like that, and then to sit and, to find that many songs. Yeah, too. and and then to just to put them together the way they're put together. Mashups, we've talked in the past about rabbit holes, man. Mashups is one. If I start listening, yeah, to a mashup, I will. I will go down a hole because I love them. I'm, you know, there's some great ones out there. There's some terrible ones out there, but a lot of terrible ones. <laughs> a lot of terrible. But ones, it really, yeah. it's what if if you like the song. Yeah. Like you know, I, I try to find like classic yeah. rock, but you know, and I try to. You know, I don't go looking. There's a ton of like rap, hip hop, right. mashups, and that don't turn me on because I'm just not into hip hop. But you know, if you find if you find. Just by any artist. I, and I think I've said before, my favorite are like heavy metal vocals over like some sort of cool 70s R&B funk disco. Yeah. You know, there's like a, and it's it's not that at all, but there's like a Slayer B-52s, Rain in Blood, Love Shack one I've run across. <laughs> right. And it is fantastic. Yeah. Slayer's used, that's, that Slayer song is used a lot. Yeah. yeah. I heard that with... Uh, in fact, I posted on my Facebook page. It was Slayer's Rain and Blood with uh, Wham's Last Christmas I Gave nah. My Heart. Oh, I th- yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fantastic. That's brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, God, what was the one I had in my head before you said that? But it's, it's, it's endless. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely endless. Yep. But, you know, I got to talk about a little bit about the original. You know, the, you know, the original... Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, formerly known as Soft White Underbelly. From, they're from the Stony Brook area of Long Island. It was off the band's fourth album, Agent of Fortune. Okay. Their fifth album, Spectres, I have to mention it because it's the five album rule. The five album. That's Legendary that, rule. Yep, that's the album that came out the next year, 77. It featured the hit song Godzilla. Okay. That was their fifth album. Fourth album had Don't Fear the Reaper. That came out in 76. Uh, recorded at Plant... Uh, record plant in New York City same studio Aerosmith recorded No Surprise which we talked about a few yep. weeks ago written by the the band's lead guitarist and only consistent band member Donald Buck Dharma Roser okay he goes by Buck Dharma at Dharma um, that's his that's his name Buck Dharma don't call him anything but Buck Dharma Buck Dharma he all go nuts 
The song reached uh, number 12 on the Billboard Hot 100, Halloween Week, appropriately, 1976. There you go. Uh, Keep on Rockin' Me Baby by Steve, Steve Miller was number one that week. Yeah. Followed by Disco Duck by Rick Dees and the, his cast of Idiots. jeez. Oh, followed by The Wreck of Edmund Fitzgerald by Gordon Lightfoot. Wow. Number three. Yeah, more diversity. 70s yes. were awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's such a creative time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Rolling Stone magazine named... Uh, don't Fear the Reaper is Song of the Year in 1976. In fact, Don't Fear the Reaper is listed at number 405 of Rolling Stone's top 500 songs of all time. First time all five members sung on the track. Uh, of course, uh, it took on a whole new life in April 2000 when legendary producer Bruce Dickinson asked Gene Frankel, to, and who was an overweight cowbell player, to really explore the studio space. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Uh, now, of course, uh, that's not how it was really recorded. There was no Bruce Dixon. There was no Gene. Um, it was it was the producer, Dave Lucas, who suggested it and performed the cowbell for Blue Oyster Cult. Now, so you're talking about the Will Ferrell thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, just making sure. So my favorite thing, and I don't know if you ever saw this, but and I don't remember how long after, and it's probably a couple of years, but on, on Saturday Night Live, uh, the musical guest was Queens of the Stone Age. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the single was Little Sister. Okay. And that song's got a lot of cowbell in it. And when that, I was a big fan of Queens of the Stone Age at the time. So I was like, oh, they're going to be on Saturday Night Live. I'm going to watch it. And I think Will was even the host. And it didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, hey, Queens of the Stone Age. And they start playing the song. And... You know, it gets through the first verse, I think, through the chorus, and then out of nowhere, <laughs> in costume, cowbell oh, wow. in hand, right. Will Ferrell comes out. Go look it up. It is fantastic. <laughs> I, yeah. And it was just like, holy shit. I, I never even thought that this, and Queens of the, you know, if you've ever watched Queens of the Stone, you've got that serious, you know, there's not a lot of laughter and whatnot going on. It's a very serious, kind of straight face thing. Never broke character, man. Just. I mean, they weren't they weren't thrown off at all. It, they had to know it was going to happen. Okay, they had to know, it was, but it was it was perfect. And it, and from time to time, <laughs> I'll think of it. And when we get done talking here, I will probably go look it up because it's wonderful. That is the magic of Will Ferrell, though. You just never know what he's going to do. God, that guy's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I had to mention something about the SNL skit because. Yeah. And most people, when they think of Don't Fear the Reaper, they're going to think cowbell. Right. You got to have more cowbell. Yep. But, you know, lyrically, you know, some people, you know, say the song is about dealing with immortality. A lot of people think the song is promoting suicide. But Buck Dharma is quoted saying, when he wrote it, he was thinking about what would happen if he died at a young age and if he would be reunited uh, with loved ones in the afterlife. Um, before recording the song, Buck Dharma was diagnosed with an irregular heartbeat, which got him thinking about his mortality and inspired the song. You know, he thought that he wasn't going to live that long. Um, he said in an interview, I, he'd been diagnosed with a heart condition and, you know, his mind was starting to run away you know, with the, you know, the, what was going to happen. You know, he's still young. So that's why you wrote the song. It's imagining you can survive death in terms of your spirit. The spirit will prevail. That was the uh, background for Don't Fear the Reaper. One mistake uh, in the song, Buck Dharma says that 40,000 men and women every day 
that's he was just guessing how many number the number of people who died on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Uh, I underestimated that at that time it was more like 135,000 people die every day in the world. Okay. Uh, today we're up to 155,000. COVID, <sighs> the damn COVID. But you know, it made me think about other great quotes I hear about death, and this you why hear, you hear a lot of great quotes about death. Jimmy? Well, like John Lennon said, "I'm what, not afraid." What, of, I'm, what, not, what I'm not. Circles you running in, man. Well, it's Halloween time. <laughs> you know, Halloween is a celebration of death. Okay, all right. You know? Okay. Death is part of life, baby. Uh, yeah, no, I, we're all going to. I get it. Ninety-nine point nine percent of us have to deal with it. Just struck me as a very strange statement. Well, all right. Sorry to interrupt. I don't know where I was. You were top ten quotes about death. Top <laughs> ten quotes Jim, about death. Jimmy's top ten favorite quotes about death. I don't know. Death. If I got ten. <laughs> I don't know. Top three, top five, whatever you got. Give me what you got. John Lennon. Oh, is that where it was? Sorry. That's okay. okay. It made me think of John Lennon's quote on death. He said, I'm not afraid of death because I don't believe in it. It's just like getting out of one car and getting into another. Just a smooth transition. Mark Twain, the fear of death follows the fear of death follows from the fear of life. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Wow. I like that. Yeah. J.K. Rowling, the you know, who wrote the Harry Potter series. Uh, to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. Okay. And I'll I'll just finish off with uh, Stephen King, Pet Cemetery. Right. Have you seen that movie? Oh yeah. Uh, I've not seen I've not seen the remake that just came out a couple of years back, but the original remake had a different twist, but the original is still the greatest. The original is the best, mainly because uh, the fantastic portrayal of Judd. Um, yeah. By the late great Fred Gwynn, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> yeah. So sometimes dead is better. The person you put up there, you may know that person, but it is not the person who comes back. It may look like that person, but it ain't that person. <laughs> uh, there was a song I can't even remember the band but year, 20, 30 years ago there was some song I used to listen to when I worked at a record store I don't, and again I don't remember any of it but all I remember is the song started off with like a car pulling up and then there was a conversation you know from the car it was like some guy and he's like excuse me sir can you tell me where this road goes and the response was don't go nowhere just sits there <laughs> <laughs> and then the song starts. Okay. And every time I hear that, for whatever reason, I always picture him in Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Fred Gwynn. Just, yeah. Where's it? Where's this road go? Don't go nowhere. Just sits there. <laughs> the, the soil sour. <laughs> the soil sour. <laughs> oh goodness. But yeah, it's my song this week. Don't fear the reaper. Uh, it's a mashup. Mashup. See the reaper. Mashes up. Depeche Mode music to the lyrics of Blue Earth Colts, Don't Fear the Reaper. It's great for jogging is why it's got that, that got that beat that's perfect for jogging. Uh, and that, that But it's not the only version that's out there. There's and the Depeche Mode the, the song the music under the Depeche Mode part of it struck me I mean it felt very Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall, Terminator. It kinda had that for that time that was that well, yeah. sound. I mean they're electric rock band. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're they're everything they do is like. But yeah, for some reason, as soon as it started playing, it just I went to total recall. Yeah, it's got that feel. Yeah, yeah, it's got awesome. my, it's all in all in minor keys, and hey, you could just drop that lyric, that vocal track right on top of, it and it fits like a glove. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I, that's what fascinates me is how you can get a fairly minor hit for Depeche Mode yeah. and mash it with a classic rock cowbell song. Yeah, it's just that just blows my mind. Yeah, no, it's it is very interesting. That is for sure. That's it. All right, great. And again, you know, Jimmy's throwing these songs at me that I can't find on Spotify. So, <laughs> if nothing else, if I can't find a suitable version for the Spotify playlist, I'll at least link uh, something in the description of the episode and put it on Facebook or wherever. So, so you, the fantastic listeners, can go find it. I do apologize about that, Todd. <laughs> but that song is out there. It's out there for the getting. In the world of mashups, Todd. All right. Well, that is it for us this week. Jimmy, man, seriously, happy birthday, man. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate that. It's uh, and I, I'm going to hit you up next month. Oh, I'm ready. I've already got a few shockers in mind. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, this is... There's some memories I've got. Oh. From this, I, that, I just shook my head like... Going back to what, like the first week we met, I, I've already got some songs in mind, and that's the thing that I love about you, Jimmy. Is it's I don't also, forget it, anything, and it's also the thing I hate about <laughs> you. I'm fascinated by how much you remember in in the detail that you remember it. Yeah, yeah. This one, might and be. that is fantastic to me. But at the same time, I am frightened. <laughs> you should be. Yeah, you no. should be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, all right. Good time. All right. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Bye.